Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to PWF Empire. We are here in podcast form to review WWE's latest pay-per-view offering for the Raw brand. This was Roadblock End of the Line. I am Jay, and tonight you guys have Dalton and Mr. DJ Cass to review the show for you guys. How are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) I guess is that, that your, was an answer. Is, is that your answer, Cass? You're doing hysterical laughter. I'm I'm taking it you didn't like this pay-per-view very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, all all maybe, right. Maybe Cass we'll is... get some, you know, um explanation as to what all of this means. Little... Cass must be on some other shit right now. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and get the night started off. The way that WWE got the show started, I, I guess Rusev versus uh, Big Cass, that was the pre-show match. <laughs> Don't sound so confident about it, Jay. <laughs> um, I got to be honest with you, uh, I don't up this match. Um, it wasn't by design, you know, it's just the long-standing philosophy is that if the match happens on a pre-show, it doesn't actually happen, um, but... So I, I can't really say much about it. I know it was there. Um, I do have to say, though, I'm not really sure what it did for Cass. I know Rusev did go over with a cheating-to-win victory, which is fine for Rusev, but I'm not sure what it does for Cass because he was still the same old reading a paragraph in front of the class, delivering in his uh, pre-match promo. Um, so it was there. I can't really give a solid opinion. It was just It was there. Okay, Cass, did you happen to watch this one? Nobody fucking gets over. There you go. (laughs) Okay, well, let's see if we can find some luck elsewhere. This was the actual opening contest of the night. It was Cesaro and Sheamus versus The New Day for the tag team titles. And it turns out the very first match that The New Day has after they beat the record for the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history... They lose, and we have new tag team champions here in Cesaro and Sheamus. Finally! Finally! The nightmare ends! (laughs) Fucking thank Finally! We have new tag team champions on this damn roster! We can finally get to that movie! Movie! Holy shit! Thank goodness that finally happened! Fuck this shit. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. Man, all I can say, Cass, is I really hope you make it to WrestleMania with us. Because if this is anything close to the reaction you would give to a match we see there, that'll just be great to see in person. Because, Lord, I can, you know, Jay can speak for me. Jay can speak for me, too. We can't wait. Um, talking about this match. Yeah, you already mentioned it. Um, the New Day are no longer your tag team champions, but I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was a good opener. Um, I felt like both tag teams delivered this match with a sense of urgency because the way it started out was Cesaro and Sheamus just coming out swinging. Um, a lot of early tag team offense that showed Cesaro and Sheamus taking the lead. Um, there was a good false finish in there too. Woods caught Cesaro with a kick on the apron and de- uh, Big E delivered his big ending and that got the crowd popping. And the... Poetic ending that we saw was Cesaro intentionally evading the tag to give him the chance to take the hit from Kofi and allowing Sheamus to roll up Kofi for the victory. 
Uh, I thought that was really poetic. I, th- I really enjoyed that element of storytelling and thought it really played into uh, the fast pace that this match had. You know, um, yeah, okay, here's the thing. I'll bring myself back down to earth now. This, honestly, people, was my only and match of the night for me. Holy shit. Here's the thing. You guys know my grievances with the New Day. Do however, we? Do we? However, <laughs> but I will, here's the thing. Chris has been necessary to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to you, Jay. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to all four of these men, especially for a match that we've seen multiple, 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 multiple fucking times. They actually pulled out some stuff. And Dalton, I agree with you. I like the fact that they pulled out stuff that we haven't seen in a while, especially when they turn up in a match, because I honestly think that was the reason why this match is good, because when was the last time? I believe this is the first time that someone kicked out of the bending from Big E since that first has been. And also, I think... It, I haven't, we haven't seen Kofi utilize the SOS in a while, have we? Um, I think he has, but they've not used it the same way they used it tonight. But yeah, oh yeah, but, but definitely like like everything that led up to leading up to the finish, and I and even I'll say this: the emotion that New Day showed in the match definitely helped play into the drama. Like I like it when the wrestler or character shows emotion to something that they value so much. So yeah, I'll say this is match of the night for me. And then we fucking went downhill from there. But that's around the point. You want to do the synopsis, Jay, or would you rather me do it? Uh, next up, we have Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman and. Sami Zayn defeated Braun Strowman by lasting the 10-minute time limit. See, he... Yep, then we... Well, we can't afford sound effects, so let's just have... Let's just make them ourselves. Um, that's the issue I had with this match. It was a 10-minute time limit match, and the confusion I had going into it, and I'm sure other people might have as well, is that we weren't sure whether Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn winning meant he had to pin Braun Strowman or just last 10 minutes in the ring with Braun Strowman. Um, and so from the first 10, or sorry, for the first five minutes, it was a basic slaughter. Strowman threw Zayn all around the ring. Um, and then Mick Foley comes out, as you might have expected, and he's holding a giant, comically-sized white towel to metaphorically throw in the towel for Sami Zayn. Uh, and he begs Rocky. him off. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not Rocky. He throws... He's trying to throw the towel in for Zane, and Zane's begging off. He's grabbing him at the waist, showing emotion, and Zane says, please, I don't want it to end that way. And then Strowman then continues to throw Zane around the ring. Strowman goes through the barricade, and the match ends with Sami Zayn delivering a haluva kick in the corner at about three seconds. Here's the issue I had with that. Okay, we'll accept the fact that Strowman only had to, or sorry, Zane only had the last ten minutes, but the mm-hmm. ending of the match was Zayn delivering his finisher, Strowman selling his finisher, and then walking over to the opposite corner. At what point was Strowman going to attack Sami Zayn? Like, is the bell a barrier? Like, did Sami Zayn quietly mutter Strowman no swiping three times after the bell rang? Wouldn't you at that point be pissed off that you know you just got upstaged because you just lost? It wasn't a definitive loss. It wasn't a burial by any means, but you just lost a match, and all of a sudden you're just like... Oh shucks! Can't go attack him. 
Well, I mean, we finally uh, actually got the time limit uh, match tonight on Raw, and we saw this go weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. And for some reason, I can't. I, I for some reason I just cannot get behind this match. And I've, and I've heard a lot of people uh, say that. Well, it made Sami Zayn look like the ultimate babyface, and I'm like, how? Not, I mean, that's, that's a question I need. That's an answer I, I need. I, I need to know. Why? See, here's the thing. Going into this match, as far as the match goes, nothing was really going to sell me on it. Nothing you could have put there. And I understand yeah, you I were supposed you, to buy. Yeah, I don't think you were supposed to buy that aspect. Of, like, if you actually thought this was going to be a good match, you are a fucking moron. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> And of course. But I understand that they would have tried to sell you this David versus Goliath mantra. And that's fine. And I, the part that got me was... Mick making Sami Zayn look strong, you know, saying, going as far as to say, we're going to trade you for Eva Marie. That's WWE tapping into their known <laughs> jokes. They're, they're tapping into their universe. They're showing their awareness and they're using that to piss Sami Zayn off. And that was fine. But then you have this match ending where, you know, there's no, Strowman didn't look strong in the end. I mean, it, it doesn't really defeat Strowman. Strowman can still continue, but I don't think it did anything for Zayn either. You just, had Zayn win and Strowman, mm. it looks it makes Strowman look a little weak or at least incompetent enough to walk over and attack Zayn. I would be pissed off. The, the, the thing about me is the fact again, much like you don't, they didn't like really clarify like what was gonna like who was going to win, like what and what does Sami Zayn get a participation trophy for lasting. 10 minutes against um, Care Bear. Like, I, I seriously don't know like what this does for either man. But a match that we've seen on Raw, we got again tonight on Raw, and let's just move the fuck on. Hey, next up, we have Seth Rollins versus Chris Jericho in a singles match, and Seth Rollins walks away with the victory. Yeah, Seth Rollins uh, walked, walked away with the victory. Yeah a couple weeks ago on Raw and then on another Raw and then tonight on Monday Night Raw like he picked up the victory again See, like, when you said, like, when like, you said Monday Night Raw uh, a few seconds ago when referring to Sami Zayn and uh, Braun Strowman I thought you like made a mistake but it's very clear that I guess you look at this as an episode of Raw I don't know. What, I don't know what you. I, I was. Hey, I don't know. You haven't been watching Raw, so how do you even know like what the heck's going on? You're, you're probably tweeting about it. But yeah, um, yeah, it was just a match. I mean, honestly, like, what can you really say? I mean, at least Rollins went over. I mean, all of us thought we expected that, but it was a match. I'm sorry, but that that's all it is. It was a good match, but it really wasn't anything to write home about. And I kind of have to echo the same sentiments, Cass. Um, in my notes, I really only wrote that we could have seen this on any given Monday night at around 9 o'clock, because that seems to be where Start they put this segment. Tonight. Yeah, we, I've, and the thing is, like, while I could kind of argue that maybe we haven't seen quite the same matches from the other competitors, this was literally by the numbers. It could have been a, a main event of Monday Night Raw, uh, and that's very much what I got from this. Uh, and the other issue I had with this match is that going into it, the commentar- uh, commentators were saying... Well, Rollins' motivation for beating up uh, Chris Jericho <laughs> puts him that much closer to Kevin Owens, which puts him that much closer to Triple H. And I'm like, when did this become some kind of like Mortal Kombat conquest? 
a con conquest like one by one by one like that that jump is a really big jump to make i don't see how winning over chris jericho or kevin owens for that matter really puts you in any closer contention against fighting triple h because you know kevin owens didn't mention the fact that he was Triple H's chosen uh, competitor in the first place. He's made no mention of that, so I don't see how Dang. beating him, beating no, him, not. nor Chris Jericho would have done anything for Rollins. So this as as dropped the ball. Yeah, it's this match could have been something better. Mm -hmm. uh, if it was Kevin Owens, it also could have been something better. But they didn't. They didn't play up that aspect, and and that's why this match felt like a regular Monday Night Raw uh, match. There was good sequences. It was good in the ring, but um. Nothing really to write home about. Not not to mention leading into the match, leading into this pay-per-view match. I mean, this pay this um like the bill for this match was pretty much just Seth Rollins attacking Chris Jericho. That was it. Like that like honestly, that like this feud has just been so intertwined between the main event scene and the mid-card scene, you just got too confused. So it was just like again, a match that I could have saw at a house show. Move on. Right next up, we have a triple threat match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Oh the champion God. going into the match was Rich Swan. The competitors, or his opponents, were TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. And coming out of the match, Rich Swan retains his title. This match was fucking terrible. <laughs> this match was dreadful to watch. I'm sorry. This is the epitome of WWE fucking dropping the ball on the Cruiserweight division. Now, real quick, if you can't even get the damn Cruiserweights over, then what the hell makes you think that you can put together a UK tournament? But that's around the point. Another time for another day. This match was terrible. It did nothing. And honestly, like, that horrendous, like, botch that swan. Like, I know accidents is going to happen, but seriously, I was concerned about... Brian Kendrick throughout throughout this whole thing, and they didn't even give them a lot of time to like really sink their teeth. In. Like I think this match only lasted like a good seven to eight minutes. Swan retains Black Excellence hashtag Black Excellence hashtag Black Power. Move the fuck on, Dalton. Wow. Go. By your review of the match, this doesn't sound like excellence. So I don't know if the hashtag would fit here. Swan retain. That's all that matters. <laughs> Well, okay, Cass. Um, so, I, I I gotta admit, missed um, probably about half of this match because, uh, well, Mister. Well, I mean, what I saw, nothing really to write home about. But I took this match as my um, my bathroom break at home, so I did know better than the fans that were actually in attendance. Um, but I did notice it should tell you how good the match was when I was more focused on Austin Aries commentary because he was brought out to commentate oh, this yeah. match. That was and, that was cool. And he's good. I really enjoy Austin Aries commentary. I've uh, I'm not familiar with his other work, but as far as him on commentary, I have to believe they're using him to to some future match whenever he recovers from his injury. Um, and I'm certainly happy with where they're using him right now. Uh, as far as this match goes, nothing right home about. And it's a shame. It's a real big shame because having gone to an mm -hmm. NXT house show now, I've seen a few of these cruiserweights in action, and they've got it in the ring. Hold up, Cass. Like, I'm, aren't you a little bit mad? I've been to an NXT house show. Oh, I know, yeah, no, tag amazing. team wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going about. But here's the thing. I let me um, clarify for everybody listening to this fine podcast. This 
The Cruiserweight division tonight on Raw has now become the bathroom break what the Divas division used to be. And it's fucking sad. Yeah, and evidenced by the fact that that's where I was for the first half of this match. That's what happened. But here's the funny thing. After the match was over, we got something good. Oh, yes. So the man who gravity constantly seems to overlook, I think that's what they say about him, uh, Neville came out, and he came to what seemed to be congratulate uh, Rich Swan on his victory, and he was clapping for him in the center of the ring, and then rather than shake his hand or give him a hug, he kicked him in the stomach. He then proceeded to beat up Swan and TJP on the outside and just kind of passed over Brian Kendrick, not sure if that was intended or because Kendrick was actually hurt. But Neville made an impact, beating up both TJP and Swan, and it seems to be that Neville is now officially in the cruiserweight division and aiming for Rich's Swan, uh, Rich Swan's title. Thank God! Once again, the only relevant person that will be in the cruiserweight division, he made his debut tonight on Raw in the division in fucking Neville. Finally, WWE, you will put somebody in the cruiserweight that the people will actually give a damn about. And I want you to go back tonight and listen for all of how the crowd reacted to his quote-unquote heel turn. They're not fucking idiots. We can see through your bullshit. We can see through your bullshit. Finally, you add Neville. And honestly, he should have been the first cruiserweight champion, in my opinion, well, at least on Raw for that matter, but thank God. And honestly, this is the most relevant Neville has been since he has been on the main roster. It, is- uh, he he looked like a star in the first five minutes he showed up tonight than he has had since he's been on the main roster and even during his damn NXT championship run, I'm counting that. So would you say that this is a step in the right direction for the cruiserweight division? Hell yeah. Well, yeah, I, w- I would say so too. Based off, I- I'm wondering, is it anything specific about Neville that makes you guys think that, or just it's this is a an indication that WWE is getting their shit together with the cruiserweight division because there oh, no. were moments previously where it looked as if, based off of how they were positioning certain people in the division and with the uh, cruiserweight classic, that okay, well, this thing may have a bit of promise, but once you get outside of the initial hype and whatever it is that's created in that one moment, it falls off to the wayside, and then we return back to uh, the normal, which is, I guess, shittiness. So is there anything that you saw from this that'll make you guys believe that this wasn't just one awesome moment and that it'll actually uh, carry through with the division? The fact that they finally have somebody that people are very, very familiar with, other than having the rest of these okay. vanilla midgets and black vanilla <laughs> midgets running around. <laughs> like, seriously, all you got to do is just put uh, someone who is, has, has enough name recognition and enough credibility in that division, then all it takes is just having just that one person, that familiar face against a newcomer. Bam. Instant instant match, instant feud for the championship or a secondary feud for a 
our second interview for this division, but we all know WWE is gonna fuck it up anyway. Yeah, is this I, the first guy from WWE's like regular roster that's been placed yep. into the cruiserweight? I think okay, it is. well, I yep. I guess I could see there why this is uh, different than the other uh, situation because I guess everybody else was like brought into the company specifically for the cruiserweights. Now you have a guy who's a part of the regular roster who's being you know injected into there. Okay. Yeah, I. I uh... I certainly hope this isn't a situation where they just felt like they had nobody else to work with that was new, so they had to use Neville because he he looked a bit different too. Um, I mean, he still had his same physique, but he had his facial hair all grown out, and he looked very pissed off. And I know that was you know done intentionally. So, you know, when you see the cape, you see you expect high flying action. You expect some kind of hero per se. And the fact that uh, Neville turned that on its head, yeah, flippy shit. The fact that Neville turned that on its head um, and actually looked really strong here um, was impressive. And so I don't mm-hmm. think Neville necessarily is going to like revolutionize anything, but it certainly is a step in the right direction because, as Cass said and as we agreed, it's somebody we're already familiar with and somebody that at least I a good majority of the internet feels is criminally underused. Okay. So I guess killing two birds with one stone, helping Neville out, helping the cruiserweight division out at the same time. All right. I got it. I see it. I'm Damn tracking. right. Next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship match, Charlotte okay. versus Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was the champion going into this contest, but in a 3-2 breakdown of the falls in the match, Charlotte comes out on the better end of after this match went into overtime. So now uh, Charlotte is once again the Raw Women's Champion. This match was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> I disagree. Go ahead. So, I'll, let, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Thank you, Cash. You're so polite. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't feel like this was a waste of time. I understand... Before we even break down what the match was about, I understand everyone's criticism, or at least most people's criticism, that we've seen this match too many times. I understand. But at the same time, Sasha and uh, Charlotte have great chemistry in the ring, and I felt like while this match took quite a while to deliver, I'm talking like 15, 20 minutes to really get me into it, by the time we reached overtime... I believe we reached a fitting end to this feud. And whether the fact that the commentators had to tell us that was the end or we organically reached that decision ourselves, the fact that you saw Sasha Banks with a nosebleed, which I'm sure was accidental, the fact that you saw her bleeding, reaching for the ropes, doing everything she possibly can to get out of that submission, says definitively Charlotte is the winner. And I and I understand. The complaint is that, oh, well, Charlotte's now what I think it's a six time a women's champion and oh, Sasha have mercy. Yeah, six times and she's only been on the main roster for a, a year and change. Is that right? Well, oh, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. all of those six weren't on the main roster. No. No, but still, it's quite a lot of times to yeah, come up in a single before, year. Shit, you don't even have to count all of them. Just count the ones that she has won on the main roster, and it's still like golden children rule. All uh, you guys the, are golden children rule. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. While I think in totality, one of the other matches, uh, the nose qualification match on Raw or the Hell in a Cell match, might have been a better end. This was still a concrete ending. There was no. Because uh, Sasha tapped out. you It's very hard to refute a tap out. 
And in this instance, the fact that Sasha was bleeding, like I said, while I'm sure that was unintentional, it added to that imagery and really showed me that Charlotte is what she says she is. She's top dog. She is the woman. And I'm certainly glad we got this match. But that being said, I'm so hoping we are moving on. Yeah, because I, I watched like bits and pieces of it and I heard them um, put emphasis on the fact that there was no rematch clause after that but i would just like to go ahead and say that i did bring this up and i tried to do it when y'all were throwing darts and i was just i was like who what the hell is that name rickon like dodging those fucking arrows it didn't work out too well for him but it, it worked out well for me i think i was dodging those arrows that you guys were shooting at me and i kept saying that there's gonna come to a point where this reaches its natural conclusion and dalton I guess you you saw that tonight. It reached its natural conclusion. But I'm guessing that Cass uh, thinks otherwise, though. Oh, no. I'll definitely know. <laughs> Again, this match was a complete waste of time. This is easily one of the worst feuds of the year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding that's, me? That's, that's This bullshit. is easily one of the worst feuds slanderous. of the year. This that feud makes no goddamn sense. This feud should have ended at Hell in a Cell, but WWE has to be complete idiots about it, and then all of a sudden they just gotta have two more matches because they're going way too far with this women's equality crap. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Like seriously, you know, we get it. And let me and let me just clarify this right now. Charlotte and Sasha Banks, two phenomenal, phenomenal women's workers. No doubt about it. I will never take that away from these women. But honestly, I was fatigued from this view after Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell was done for me. I still have not watched that Falls Count Anywhere match they had. I still haven't watched the, uh, like, the, like, the match where, uh, I still haven't watched the match for when Sasha won it the second time. Like, I, when I... I am so fatigued from this view, and I'm actually fine that it was I, that it was ended because, like, seriously, this view has just made no sense. And get this, OTR is central made this clear, and I completely agree with it. And it's ridiculous. This view was going on since WrestleMania time, and now it's December, and they've been going at it again. I'm sorry. These women can put on phenomenal matches all they want, but again, and Jay, you told me this last week. You said. That you feel as if these given matches, the way Charlotte has set the bar, you feel as if it's going to help the entire women's division in its entirety. Is that correct? Yep. Like not just no, because here's the thing: I feel as if it doesn't work in this in this sense because we were in the same exact situation just a good like what 10, 11 years ago with Trish Stratus and Lita, and look how the SmackDown women's division fared at that time and that was complete bs even though i love my smackdown 03 and 04 but 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 seriously if the narrative on raw has not changed that sasha banks and Char are the only two people that matter in that division then honestly all this for me is for not all this isn't gonna make me dead there because again all they're going to do is make focus on the one division that they have on monday night raw and honestly Sasha Banks should have completely went over in this sense. That was fucking BS. 
And, and, and here's the thing, people. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this right now. You always bitch and moan about when Ranger's ass being shoved down your throat. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of y'all's asses on Twitter like going off about Charlotte nine out of ten times. And 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 also one more thing about about this whole thing. Charlotte is already a four fucking time women's champion, and for some reason, for some reason, people are okay with this and i can see why it's okay i can see why but again this match for me was nothing they went out there they did their thing hell in a cell was it for me that should have been the feud under thank god this fucking feud is going to end but what sucks about this is Sasha Banks is probably going to be put switching with Bailey in terms of importance because watch her get fucking squashed by Nia Jax sooner or later thank you good night wait wait hold on Cass I gotta ask you a question that didn't make any sense how does how could Sasha switching importance as you said with Bailey like them switching spots how is that a bad thing when you just complained that the only two women that were getting attention are Charlotte and Sasha because how lost in the shuffle has Bailey been since she's been on the main roster? No, that's yes, I agree. She's been lost in the shuffle, but how does how is now a possibility that another one can step up and get in the limelight a negative outcome from this feud? Because watch all these people bitching more on how Sasha Banks is not going to be in the title picture <laughs> anymore. Good. She needs some time off. Like she, she damn near breaks her neck every single match when she doesn't uh, no. die. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm just saying. It's uh, like just these people bitching more on how she's gonna be put in the irrelevant section on Monday Night Raw and not fit into the importance. I'm just saying. Well, maybe she can carry some of the importance that was generated by this feud with her and Charlotte to elsewhere. Oh my God, I don't see. I, 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 I seriously do not see what do you guys think about how this feud has been. I seriously don't see. Okay, can, well, could you answer this question for me? Have Charlotte and Sasha Banks been solidified as bona fide superstars based off of what's happened with this feud? Has their importance in the grand scheme of things in WWE increased? I think whether you like this feud or not, there is not a person on this damn planet that could deny that. Because they are much bigger superstars now than they were before, what, the six matches that they've had against each other for the Women's Championship. And it is up to WWE to continue that overness that has been generated for them. Exactly. Going into the feuds that they have coming up. And whether WWE does that and or not, here's the thing. Whether they do that or not does not change the fact that a platform has been created. A foundation has been laid for them to take advantage of it. So the creation of that foundation is different than WWE capitalizing off of it. One of those things can be true and they can completely fuck it up. But them fucking it up does not mean that it wasn't created and that overness wasn't generated by this feud between those two. Eh. Like I said, I, I told, like I told y'all, I was fucking done with this whole thing after Hell in a Cell because that's the way, that's the way it should have been. But WWE likes to fuck, fuck logic, so why? Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, so are we done with Sasha Banks and Sharp? Well, Cass is already. Please. Done. <laughs> 
Okay. Jesus, cat. The final match for Roadblock, end of the line. We reached the end of the line of end of the line here with Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. This was a singles match for the Universal Championship, but hey, some people might look at it as a triple threat because they got a little bit of interference in the end, and that was actually the deciding factor into who walked away with the title. And even though Roman Reigns technically won the match via disqualification, it was Kevin Owens and his bestie, Chris Jericho, who were, uh, well, shit, I guess they were standing victorious momentarily because they got attacked, you know, in a little two-thirds shield reunion. Nobody gets over. <laughs> sure, certainly not, Cass, but how is this 50-50 booking? This is exactly what you would have expected. 50-50 booking. Owens keeps the title. He gets his fucking fat ass kicked at the end of the show, along with Bon Jovi <laughs> and WWE. I'm telling you this. Stop with the damn, like, two-thirds of the Shield reunion. It don't work. It seriously does not work. If Dean Ambrose isn't there, it does not work. So just stop. But I did see and I did not watch this match, people, so I'm not going to tell you what I thought of it overall, but I did hear what happened in the end. But don't go ahead and give your thoughts. Before I do that, I just want to mention that, like, fundamentally, there's an issue with both, I think, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins' characters right now. So even if Ambrose was there, I doubt that this whole S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion bit would have any authenticity because they don't play it up anywhere except for when they're trying to deliver an impactful move to an opponent. They do it for pops. Uh, Beyond that, like, you don't see it on screen. So I don't see how the the S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion really holds any water other than to accomplish a double powerbomb. But that aside, uh, I thought the match was decent. Certainly not not a match I would want to have ending a pay-per-view that's supposed to be your last one of the year, especially for your flagship show. Um, Much like the Seth Rollins-Chris Jericho match, this was something I could have seen on Monday Night Raw, including the fuck finish with Chris Jericho. That could have been seen on Monday Night Raw any evening, or any Monday evening. Um, So Chris Jericho runs in after a decent match with table spots. He goes to fake an attack on Roman Reigns and then turns around and gives Kevin Owens a code breaker. And everyone's supposed to be upset that, oh no, they really put the uh, the nail in the coffin on Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's relationship. It's over. Let's all cry about it. When in reality, Chris Jericho intentionally DQ'd Kevin Owens to help him retain his title. So it begs the question, is Kevin Owens, you know, if they're still together, because they, they have to make this run, they have to keep leading this on until WrestleMania, they have to Damn. put in an extra few months. So, I mean, that's, it's, while I won't say it's great, it's interesting enough, but you have to <laughs> wonder, what does Kevin Owens have to do about the criticism that Chris Jericho only gets involved to save his ass? Because here you have another match where even where the guys was that he was doing it to piss Kevin Owens off and ended up being for his benefit. And yet it's another match that Kevin Owens didn't win definitively over Roman Reigns, who has the criticism that he's protected. And speaking of that whole ending of the match where uh, Chris Jericho attacked Kevin Owens, that's honestly something that I look at and I wonder why doesn't that happen more often? Because if I take my mind and infiltrate the world of pro wrestling... Um, (laughs) if I take my mind and infiltrate the world of pro wrestling and I have a partner, 
I'm like, well, shit, that's like the easiest scenario. Let, I'm not going to try to distract his opponent. I'm not going to try any of that other bullshit. I'm just going to attack him. And then, you know, he wins. So, yeah, I've wondered why that doesn't happen more often. But, you know, we got it here. Shout out to Tony. And by the way, shout out to Tony. This what this final match of the year was awful. I I completely agree. That's the fourth thing we have agreed on. You are just tonight, complete, so. I'm, I'm trying to sell a damn fight between you two and you. Yeah, all this you're, agreement. You're just where's oh, the oh, kayfabe? Oh, let, let me let me tell you. Let me where tell you this though. Kayfabe? I have forgotten. You call me out. <laughs> just you wait. I'm just going with that. Just you wait. I, what was it that you said on um? Thursday, shit, I forgot what you said. Oh yeah, yeah, she's the firecracker. But let me tell you something: I'm gonna be the rain that puts out that firecracker. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, yeah, Tony, she, yeah, you, you better watch out for her. She's a firecracker. He's like, yeah, I'm the rain that'll put that fire out. And he said it. He, he didn't even waste a fucking millisecond. Moment. Like right after, but that, that, that was good though. I, I, I like that cast. So, uh, yeah, thank you for reigniting. Speaking of fires, reigniting that fire. We got to keep that uh, going to be so entertaining. I'm going to get a popcorn. Well, no, I don't eat popcorn. I'll get caramel corn or kettle corn. But Fuck the popcorn. Yeah. Hey, didn't uh, Mick Foley make an announcement for Raw tomorrow night? Well, actually, he already made an announcement on Monday Night Raw, so we're going to get another Raw tomorrow night. I, he announced a fatal four. Yes, a fatal four way for the Universal championship Owens versus Jericho versus Reigns versus Rollins why the fuck was this not this the main event of Monday Night Raw tonight to begin with <laughs> just love that you just are holding up this Monday Night Raw thing like it's you're doing it so well I forget we actually just watched a pay-per-view <laughs> you, you this was a pay-per-view some of us paid money for it others might have obtained it by other means like the WWE Network. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, people, <laughs> just remember, they got your fucking $10. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Overall thoughts on the pay-per-view or, or Sunday Bad. Night Raw? Bad. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> fucking waste of time. And get this. I'm about to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. Do you realize that every single match that we saw has pretty much been going on since October in the last three months? Every single match on Raw has either been happening in some way, shape, form, or fashion. This show is a complete fucking waste of time. I didn't even watch the main event. Match of the night was the tag team title match. Finally, to see the fucking New Day drop it, even though hashtag black excellence to Rich Swan, thank goodness. But please, if you're telling me that this was the last pay review of the year, and you're going to go out on this note, I have no high hopes in 2017. Well, I mean, you might not for Raw, but I, here's the thing. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it was as bullshit as you make it out to sound cast. It certainly was not great. Like, if I gave it a number, it'd be like a 5 or 6 out of 10. I got um, negative 10. That's a no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't even give it a negative 10. Give it a negative 20. Uh, okay. I mean, that's a bigger number. Anyway, um, I don't think it was as bad as it's made out to be. 
Uh, there were some good matches, but like main event and Seth Rollins and Jericho were matches we easily could have seen on Monday Night Raw, including their finishes, including their uh, their fuckery finishes. So nothing really to write home about. I agree with Cass. The match of the night was the tag team match. It was the only one that really had me on the edge of my seat. Um, and the only one that really seemed like it mattered, even from commentary's perspective. So uh, not a good ending note for WWE, certainly not Team Raw, and I'm looking forward to whatever else SmackDown has in store for 2017. I'm still nervous for them. Uh, you know what? I'll save it. We got a lot of time. Okay, um, as far as... This show, though, we are out of time. I would like to thank you all for tuning in and in the chat. For those of you who are watching the show or listening to the show live, I just posted in the chat the link to the Dubby's pre-nominations. Go ahead and please let us know your suggestions for the year-end awards for PWF Empire. We will be closing up the pre-nominations within the next few days, and I'll be finalizing everything and we'll be presenting you with the actual nominations but if there is something that you want to make sure it is um it is noticed and appreciated please click that link pwfempire.com slash dubbies as d-u-b-b-y-s and let us know if the because looking through the pre-nominations so far they're following a certain trend i'm seeing a lot of the same things over and over again and it's very clear that those things are going to be nominated but the reasons why we do this is because we want to make sure we aren't forgetting something if like oh shit well yeah they reminded me of this match that happened at so and so time and how could i have forgotten about that one but you know we're all humans and you know only so much can be contained up here i just learned all of the you words to i just learned all of the words to bruno mars's latest album so yeah some matches from this year i had to push it out because you know my brain is at capacity now anytime i learn some new shit something else got to get you know it's pushed out so yeah let us know your suggestions and um we'll see you on the other side until then thank you for tuning in and peace out later